Everything is better with chocolate, even this podcast. My name's Ty Erickson, and I'll be your host of the Private Label Chocolate Podcast. This is episode four of the Private Label Chocolate Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about your website. Is your website helping or hurting you? I've got friend and guest on today, Josh Weber, um, which runs Big Red Jelly, which is a successful marketing and website firm. Um, So let's have him on and we'll start talking about websites. Josh, welcome to the Private Label Chocolate Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, Ty. Thank you. Good, good. Great to have you on. Um, I, I prefaced the episode here of what we're going to be talking about, but who knows where it'll take us, you know, the, the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've got it as the topic, and I don't know if this is a good name or not, but it's, is your website helping or hurting you? Um, mm. So that's the topic I've got, but we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into it. But the, the gist of it is we're going to be talking about websites and then anything else that goes along with that um, that can add value, feel free to jump in. Sure. Um, but before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode, maybe if you can just take a few minutes um, and tell us, you know, who is Josh Weber? Um, you know, what's your professional background? Uh, what, what are you doing now? Uh, just a little bit more about you and your background so people can kind of get to know you and know where you're coming from. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm a local guy here in Utah. Um, I've been involved in digital marketing, online branding, and web design for, it's hard to put a specific amount of time <laughs> on it, but the, the, the last seven or eight years, um, I was heavily involved in college. It's just, I've always been attracted to marketing, Yeah, uh, probably ever since I left high school, and then that evolved while I was in college into digital marketing, and I've been involved and worked, had the opportunity to work with several agencies uh, since graduating over the last six or seven years, and here I am today with Big Red Jelly, cool. uh, where we specialize in... Um, in digital marketing and, and specifically, you know, web design and, and digital branding. So, well, and, and again, we'll get into the details, but you do have a, a very unique offering. Um, and I know that from personal experience, uh, we met through, uh, we actually met through BNI and some other business connections and continue to do business together. So that's how we connected. Um, so as far as what you do on, on day to day, and I know you kind of said you have a, a background in marketing, what is the specific things that you focus on day to day or what do you see as like the biggest value that you bring to your business? Oh, um, for me personally, I'm, I'm kind of in an interesting spot and I'm sure a lot of small business owners can feel this way. Um, I'm kind of stuck between technician mode and, and business owner (laughs) mode and manager mode. Yes. You're working in, in yeah. your business, on your business, and around your business, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I right. feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Well, and hopefully the people that are tuning into this podcast, you know, I invite my clients and stuff to listen to it, or are, are, will be right in the area that we are, which is, you know, the small to mid-sized business. And, and sure. so any of the reality of what we're dealing with or the value that we can add will apply to them as well. So that's great. 
What about uh, mentors? Is there any suggestions that you'd make to anybody else of somebody that you follow, whether it be a public figure or maybe a piece of advice from um, somebody that's not a public figure? Um, and that would kind of play into as well as like book recommendations, any business resources you'd recommend or anything along those lines that you'd say, yeah, this I attribute a lot of what I do or my philosophy to this. Yeah, I um, Yeah, when it comes to people in my life, personally, my dad's played a major role. Um, he's I guess that's where I was first exposed to marketing. He's He's been involved in, in marketing for a lot longer, obviously, than I and he's played a critical role. And, and what I've done, and I always used to kind of, I think when we first started Big Red Jelly and we were very much, you know, startup mode or even just thinking of the idea, to be completely honest, I kind of, I kind of scoffed a little bit at, at people who hired consultants or, or, you know, coaches and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, but now I, I have turned around 180 degrees and I just see the value in having someone who's been there, done that. And yeah, maybe he, he doesn't know how to do web design. Maybe he doesn't know how to do SEO, but I don't know where we would be without certain people like that, like, you know, a a mentor or someone in a mentorship role. Um, When it comes to books though, there's probably two two books or, or people that have, have been instrumental in kind of how we've shaped our company. One of them is called the E-Myth. I don't know okay. if you've heard of that. Yeah. Book. Yeah. I've read yeah. the E-Myth. Yeah. That was a, that was a turning point for me when I read that last winter, it was recommended to me. And um, to be honest with you, I had no idea that it was written. When was it? It was like back in the eighties or something. I think so. At least. Yeah. It's a little bit older. It wasn't until towards the end of the book that someone told me that it was written back then. (laughs) No, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, It still applies. Yeah. It was that relevant to me. And just as a small business owner, you know, the problems that he was solving throughout the book, I really appreciated. And the the other one would be um, crush it by Gary Vaynerchuk, which is probably a classic within the digital marketing realm. So a lot of people have heard of that one. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk as well. He's a big one. One of, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well that definitely helps. So would you say, and just to refer to this, cause you mentioned him as your mentor, but have you seen your dad evolve since he's been in that industry that I would say that the marketing, you know, sales, advertising, stuff like that has evolved through the years. Have you seen him evolve with the industry or has he stayed kind of tried and true to his kind of universal philosophies that are timeless? That's a good question. I've, I've definitely seen him evolve. Okay. I think it's him trying to, to get a better, and this is something I'll always appreciate. You know, I, I could tell that he, he was kind of out of touch a little bit with some of the, the more modern digital marketing mm-hmm. approaches, you know, what CMSs are being used, what's happening in social media he's got the fundamentals down and, and that was kind of a, you know, a testament to me. Of, look, if, if you understand the fundamentals of marketing, then, then learning the technical tools and software, and it's all just a pattern that you begin to see. And, uh, but I I've seen him start to spend more time learning at least the lingo in digital marketing so that he can keep up. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the strat, it's the marketing strategy uh, that is priceless. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think with a lot of things, like you said, even with E-Myth and business in general, it's, uh, it's pretty universal. I mean, there's certain things you've got to figure out, but I think yeah. if you kind of have the core philosophies and kind of a, a vision and you know where you're going, um, you can figure the rest out. At least that's what I've learned, especially as I, as I've entered into the chocolate industry, I had no clue what I was doing, but if you can kind of <laughs> learn from other people and, uh, you have those core business philosophies, you can kind of figure out the details. So, sure. so now that we know a little bit more about you, tell us more about big red jelly. I know you mentioned a little bit about it. Um, but what is big red jelly? Who do they serve? Um, where do you see the real value? Why is it different? Um, give us kind of the details and the gist of, of Big Red Jelly. Yeah. So Big Red Jelly was started just over two years ago. Um, so we're very new, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. However, uh, myself and several of the co-founders, we've been involved in, in marketing agencies, again, since college days, um, pretty much straight out of college. It was straight into marketing agencies, branding agencies. I worked in Chicago for a couple of years for a bigger branding agency. Um, and we came together to form Big Red Jelly because we felt like, for the most part, um, agencies, marketing agencies, and especially digital marketing agencies were overcharging their clients. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we felt like we saw the writing on the wall especially when you take into consideration platforms like Upwork and Fiverr mm-hmm. that are just major disruptors, uh, disruptors in, in the industry. Um, I think that if agencies don't act fast and find more efficient ways of doing what they do, especially in the digital realm, uh, it's, they're in trouble. And yeah. so we wanted to form a company that we felt like was a little bit more trustworthy and better experienced than Fiverr and Upwork, obviously but wasn't going to charge you an arm and a leg to be in quotation marks creative that some of these bigger agencies will do. And a lot of fluff, a lot of fat, a lot of talk. Um, We wanted to kind of just cut that away. So we see ourselves as a cost effective and efficient digital marketing and branding agency. And I'm guessing you guys are able to, to scale as well. I mean, you're able to fit the, the smallest business and make it economical for them, but I'm sure you're able to scale, you know, as big as you want as well. Right. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting, you know, like our, our prices definitely reflect our efficiency, but um, I don't know. It, it's always been fascinating to me how some businesses, they, they couldn't get over, the fact that they got quoted at you know thirty grand for a website by one agency, but we're quoting them at at eighteen hundred. You mm-hmm. know, they're like, "What are you? What's the what's the catch?" Right. Um, but again, it comes back to this digital. You know, is it's just a few extra clicks in terms of uh, of running a social media campaign for a small boutique and running it for a much bigger company. It's just mm-hmm. a different landscape, and I, I don't think business owners. I think business owners are slowly waking up to that now. Right. And, and we're in the right spot. Like, you know, haha, we, we got here before the big agencies did. And I, I hope it continues to, to be that way where small business owners um, become more educated in these digital platforms and um, they become more autonomous. So I think they, I think they will. Um, I definitely see that trend going forward. I think people are going to become more versed. It'll be interesting to see, how fast 
the social and the digital environment continues to evolve. That's where I find it challenging yeah. is, you know, new formats and who knows how Instagram changes and LinkedIn, you know, is trying to evolve quickly. And so it is kind of jumping in. Have you found that, uh, I, I guess I've got a few different questions that come to mind, but have you found there's any advantage to kind of choosing your formats or is it more like you got to take a shotgun approach and you've got to be, having a strategy in each format. Mm. So you're talking about each, uh, sorry. Format. So yeah, social format, but even, and I, I know it doesn't play directly in, but I guess it's a little bit digital as well. Like, do you feel like it, even if you're a small to mid-sized business, you've kind of got to have your, your hands in each thing, at least a little bit, or is it more targeted of like, Hey, this is what you're doing. You're okay to just focus on LinkedIn right now or, you're okay just to focus on ads on Facebook or, or do you have to be really present in everything? Yeah, that, that's, that's probably the first question that we get presented with when we meet with a small business, for yeah. example, you know, and my short answer is I think that all small business owners and entrepreneurs and, and even big business owners should have a basic knowledge of all the major digital platforms out there, including, you know, a website, what's Google My Business, how does that work, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, so at least a, a basic knowledge. But then after that, I, I think it comes down to, you know, a, a, how much do you value your time? Because you, it can be ineffective, you know, for example, if you're meeting with the clothing boutique and they're spending so much time on Twitter, but they don't have a Pinterest account, I, I would question that, right? Yeah. Right away. So, a basic knowledge of all of them. Um, but I do think that the way things are going now and in our experience working with small businesses, you find one or two platforms that really seem to connect with your niche. And then you just go hard in those two channels, you know, two or yeah. three. Um, if you're a big, big brand, that's when you see, you know, you go to a website and they've got Pinterest, Tumblr, Instagram, LinkedIn, this, that, the other. But uh, for a small business, it just doesn't make sense. However, having said that, I am a big fan of, look, if you're going to spend some time creating content and worrying mm -hmm. about your content marketing, your social media, there's so many free tools out there that'll easily reshare that same piece across all your platforms. Yeah. So on the same note, I always say, look, whether or not you're going to use Twitter, go book the username, the handle anyway, you know, uh, go, go book that real estate and keep it on hand. And then maybe down the road, you can, you know, maybe Twitter will evolve where it makes more sense for a clothing boutique. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, what about, uh, what about your clients? Is there, I, I know you mentioned the small to mid and not that you're um, limited to that, but is there certain types of clientele that you've found that big red jelly has gravitated towards? And if so, um, how have you found in being the digital environment and social environment, how have you found the best way to find your clients? Like what, what's the best way for you to reach out to your clients? What's kind of your, your favorite way? Yeah. Um, so I think if we have a niche, um, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of startups, a lot of new ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason for that is a, I think our prices are attractive to them <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, they have to be, um, I also think that just the way that we 
run our business, we, we love to collaborate, meet face to face, bounce ideas off of each other as well. And so that works well for entrepreneurs. However, it has expanded quite a bit into um, we're, we're working with a lot of network marketing companies now, oh, okay. chains, um, mortgage loan companies, because, uh, again, I think everyone's in digital and um, I don't know what we're cooking. People seem to like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but answering the second part of your question, um, our client acquisition is it, it's it's almost funny. It's ironic. Most of our 80% of our clients uh, come to Big Red Jelly via referral. So oh. just word of mouth. Um, so not digital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we feel like we're in a bit of a dry spell, then we, we kick up our, our online advertising and our lead gen on digital platforms. But for right now, uh, word of mouth is, is filling the pipeline. So. Are you finding anybody, and this may sound ironic, but are you finding anybody that just doesn't have any digital or social presence? Like, I'm talking website, anything. Like, are you, are you seeing that at all anymore, or is that, does that just not exist? We see it too much. Wow. Honestly, um, I won't name drop here, but um, <laughs> we are just started working with a pest control company. And here's the thing, that they're pretty successful. They're okay. Yeah. And, and they run their business purely off of just personal connections and the fact that they've been in the industry for 30 plus years. Yep. Um, but they finally came to the realization that, hey, maybe, maybe we should look into this. And um, we bump into those guys uh, more often than you would think. Yeah. I mean, I heard this morning I was uh... – meeting with some other business owners and they had mentioned a, like a major chain here in Utah. And I know there's locations in surrounding States, like a major fast casual restaurant chain. And the conversation came up of digital social and just marketing and uh, digital marketing in general. And they were doing nothing. Like I, I was, I was blown away when I heard that. So I, <laughs> I was just thinking that before we jumped on this, I'm I'm like, I wonder if there's, people that are out there that are still, and this isn't even to be critical. Cause like you said, I do know a few people that have very successful businesses like North of, you know, 10 million that, yeah. that just are still hand to hand combat. Um, yeah. So I know it exists. I just didn't know for you how much you see it and you know, if it's still a reality. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, I do think there's a, a bad taste in a lot of business owners mouths when it comes to, digital marketing mm -hmm. we bump into a lot of businesses too where they had a bad experience or their colleagues had bad experiences i mean you you know there's a digital agencies are a dime a dozen especially in utah it's it's oversaturated it's mm -hmm. a low barrier of entry um but doing it well is is another thing um i personally like digital marketing more than marketing marketing mm -hmm. because I believe that digital marketing is meant to be 100% trackable. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's a game changer, you know, whereas before companies were throwing thousands of dollars into ads and billboards and, and you know, put the logo on a bus and maybe we can get an idea. Yeah. Uh, but now it should be, you should know where every single dollar is going. And if not, then that agency that you're working with is, you know, needs to maybe review that. Yeah. A little. So 
Yeah, it is pretty amazing what's available out there and the trackability of it and just seeing it all the way through and know, knowing what what your cost per lead or cost per customer or however you want to look at it. Um, that is one thing that I love so that you can you can allocate your your expenses a lot smarter than what what you could do 10 years ago. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, and this is off the cuff and I, I didn't even tell you this on kind of what we wanted to talk about, but maybe take a minute. Cause I know that, that you've been pushing this pretty hard and I know it's something that I've got to improve on, but maybe just touch for a few minutes on personal branding on, um, what does that look like and what should people be considering on just their personal brand? Because people may be seeing that that's starting to exist, especially in the social environment, especially on LinkedIn, the way that that's set up uh, from, you know, for business to business. And then I even see LinkedIn starting to convert to B2C too. I think we're going to see it start to apply to all uh, facets, but maybe just speak to personal branding for just a minute and maybe the recommendations that you'd make to somebody, whether you're a business owner in sales market, whatever it may be on what they should be considering right now on their personal brand. Yeah. Oh man. Um, it's, I know that's loaded, but (laughs) but it's, I love to talk about it. Um, we do a lot, we do a monthly meetup at our office, um, in regard to personal brands. Um, it's important for, and the reason we picked personal branding was a, we think it's super important, but Mm -hmm. B it's applicable to everyone, whether you're a student, uh, a CEO, you know, fortune 500 company or a sales manager, or you're an entrepreneur, small business owner. In fact, I would say that it's probably most important for small business owners. And they're the people that neglect it the most um, simply because they're so absorbed in trying to grow their businesses, Mm -hmm. social platforms that they completely forget about their own Mm -hmm. um, when they are very much their business. You know, when I think private label chocolate, I think of Ty. Yeah. Yeah. And I see your content on LinkedIn. I see your posts on Facebook. um, and, And that's much more intriguing to me the owner or a leader within a business than the actual business itself. People follow Elon Musk more than they are interested in if Tesla just posted a Facebook picture. Right. Uh, Same thing with Jeff Bezos, same thing with Mark Zuckerberg, whether they're positive or negative examples, um, everyone should take their personal brand a lot more seriously from a technical aspect. A lot of times we'll have just as an example, you know, we might have like a, real estate agent reach out to us and say, guys, I really need help, you know, with my digital marketing, my branding, et cetera. And one of the first questions that we have to try and navigate is, okay, when it comes to setting up your social media and your digital platforms, do we want to set up a Facebook business page for you Mm -hmm. as a professional, or are you okay using your personal Facebook? Yeah. There's pros and cons to both. Yep. Um, And for some people who are very adamant about, look, I want to keep my, personal stuff private that's just for family pictures and memes okay um but they have to understand that the con is it's really hard to grow a facebook business page anyone who's been out there who's tried it knows yep that that's hard uh facebook is pay to play yeah you gotta put some money in that slot machine unless you have some amazing content you know that's gonna go semi-viral yep 
But if you are a personal brand, I mean, people just forget you've spent 30, 35 years building that network already. Maybe you should try leveraging that a little bit more. Yeah. But again, last thing I'd say is the con is as soon as you become that guy or gal who's leveraging it too much or you're not being creative in how you're sharing your business expertise, it looks spammy. It becomes annoying. Yeah. Everyone knows that person. You don't want yep. to be that person. Yep. So. No, I agree. That's, that's good insight. Um, yeah, it, it definitely goes both ways on the business as opposed to personal. And I, my view on it is, and I think this even talking about this scares people to death, but I think privacy as a whole is going away. Oh yeah. 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 Like I, I hope that us as a society, and I, to be honest with you, I love my privacy as much as anybody else does. Like I love my privacy, but I think our society would actually be a little bit healthier. Um, if we were out there open and honest, I think we've mm. kind of gotten to a society that uh, we try to project maybe what we're not or what we want people to see. And that's yeah. actually what's not selling our raw, real problems. Human element yeah. would actually appeal more than what it looks like. You know, when I post a picture with my new hundred thousand dollar BMW, don't get me <laughs> wrong. That's cool. And maybe yeah. you can afford it. Mm -hmm. But for someone like me that, you know, isn't doing those things, it might be more, I would guess it would be more of a turnoff than it would be, a good thing. Like I want to see realness. I want to relate to people that have the same issues and challenges that I do. Cause we're all human. Like no one lives this perfect life. Um, so I think that, I think that's a good thing. I would like to see us getting a little bit more raw and real. Um, and, and I think what that would allow us to do too, is have more engagement in the digital space. Mm -hmm. Um, because we'd have more to engage on. I don't, you know, I don't have anything to engage on when someone posts a picture of their new, you know, $50 million building and their Ferrari parked out front. I just, wow, that's cool. I don't even yeah. know. I can't even relate to that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so anyways, I, I would say, and I would challenge people of, even if it's a little bit, start getting in the middle of the road on that digital, especially on the social platforms, because, I think privacy as a whole, at least it's going to change drastically. So you got to kind of evolve yeah. with it, whether you want to or not, especially if you're going to be in the business world. I don't think it's an option, but I, you know, I guess time will tell. Yeah. Um, so if we can shift a little bit, uh, let's talk about, and I know cause you've, you've helped me out quite a bit and I'm still a novice when it comes to, websites and and anymore i think a lot of people think of the internet the world wide web whatever you want <laughs> whatever you want to call it um it's kind of like websites are still there but it's like it's morphing so much into the social side that people are forgetting you still have to pay attention to your website like you to me that's still your your digital foundation yeah, that is such an it's this is weird timing that because it's something that we've been thinking of a lot here at Big Red Jelly. Web design is one of our bigger, if not, it's the biggest service that we work with. Yeah, is our custom web design, you know, that includes e-commerce and this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And I've had several video calls. In fact, I had one today with our hosting, our enterprise level hosting partners, Liquid Web. 
Oh yeah. Um, and you know, they were kind of giving me, they were pulling back the curtains a little bit and saying, look, our, you know, liquid web is a, is a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. You know, they do great work. Um, but they were kind of bouncing some ideas off of me. Cause they're like, look, we're really making a push for, it's not just about websites anymore. It's about application management is what they like to call it, uh, which is a fancy word for, okay, you want to sell stuff online. Let me manage that for you. Yeah. Right? Oh, you need to integrate your Facebook page so it can be online and talk to other things. Let's do that for you. Mm. You want to do drop shipping. Let's do that. So I've, that's been something that scares me is I, I do think that websites now as we currently are, are a lot less important than what they were probably even five years ago. Mm-hmm. I, we bump into businesses now where they just are using their Facebook page as their quote unquote website. And I don't blame them. Yeah. You, know, you can sell from Facebook. You can, you have a chat bot already built in and Hey, it's free to set up. Yeah. Uh, however, the one thing that keeps me coming back is, um, so social media, the landscape is just so volatile. Who knows where Facebook is going to be? I know that my demographic people under 35 are dropping out of Facebook so fast right now. Really? It's, it's insane. If you go talk to anyone coming out of high school, I would submit to you that probably close to half aren't on Facebook anymore. Um, whenever we get interns, it's one of the first questions I ask is, do you have Facebook? Are you active on Facebook? And about half the time they say, no way that, that, that platform is lame. You know? Are you kidding me? It, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's about for them. Instagram is huge. Snapchat is still there and they're doing some interesting things. Um, I deleted my Snapchat account. Do I need to get back on today? <laughs> I don't know. I think Instagram almost crushed them into oblivion, but I think maybe they might be, Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yeah. I don't think that Facebook is going in a great direction. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could a little bit ton in, tongue in cheek right now. I think it's where a lot of grandparents are going and sharing memes right now. Like that's what I see. That's <laughs> what I'm seeing. Well, all over that, that's what I guess is a business owner too. I, and I'm not old, like I'm in my late thirties. So, you know, I still am in that middle ground of like, I've got to stay on the cutting edge, but yet am I cool enough to be on Snapchat? <laughs> Yeah. And then Gary Vee's talking about going on TikTok with like eight to thirteen year olds. And I'm like, there's no oh, way. T- yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna end up having a police officer <laughs> show up at my front door if I'm on there. Like you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it depends on who you're trying to target, you know. And I think that um I, I don't know. Fa- Facebook is uh it'll be interesting. I, Instagram's huge. I think that people are preferring more now, especially younger people. It's like, why am I on Facebook when I can just directly connect with the influencers that I really enjoy? I'm going to go to Twitter. I'm going to go to Instagram. Mm. Bye-bye Facebook. I'm going to follow Rihanna right now on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm going to be part of that conversation. How does Facebook help me with that? You know what I mean? True. I don't know. I I think right now Instagram is at its heyday. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. There are these other platforms that are popping up. Like TikTok was a joke six months ago. Yeah. Now there are people making millions of dollars on that. You know what I mean? Like that's not an exaggeration. So who knows? YouTube, you know, let's talk about YouTube. Yeah. That, I think that's the other one in its heyday. Google and Facebook are just battling each other so hard right now to win that video space. Yeah. And 
so intrigued to see who comes out on top. Well, and then you've got, I hear a lot of people, not to get too far off on a tangent, but you've got a lot of people talking about how big the gaming industry is. And then there's a whole social network on that side of, if they're able to capitalize on that gaming portion, then you've got to start saying, okay, I've got to, if that's my audience, I've got to go where my audience is at. And so you've got to get a little bit versed on that. Luckily, none of those guys are probably buying chocolate, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I guess you never know. Yeah. So going back to, to the website, so I, but I still see like, I guess we don't know and we can't forecast, mm-hmm. but I always see there's always going to have to be that, that platform. I mean, I don't even know, like, especially with what we do at private label, I understand I can put my stuff, my general stuff up for sale on Facebook. But from what I know, if I have anything outside of just the generalities, there's Correct. no way for me to go in there and have my niche, right? Yep. Yeah, there, that's always the compromise is obviously you're at the, you know, the disposal of, of whatever tools Facebook has made available. Obviously, there's a lot of tools on there. Yeah. For the majority of businesses, you can survive and grow on just Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I know, I know plenty of e-commerce businesses where they just, they just do Instagram and they sell straight from there. Yeah. You know, so, but what, what keeps me coming back to websites is I think a lot of business owners should ask themselves the philosophical question of when you have a Facebook page or an Instagram, you don't own that space. You do not own that Mm. account and and you're at the mercy of, of wherever that channel goes. There were people who thought MySpace was going to be around for a long time (laughs) and we laugh at it now. Wait, you're saying it's not around still. I thought my MySpace, (laughs) I still had my top 10. I I swear I still got my top 10 on there. You got that song playing in the Lincoln park playing in the back. Dude, this conversation is making me feel way too old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so (laughs) out of the times. So, you know, because here's another thing though, too. Um, there's obviously a lot of, without diving into the politics of it all, but um, you're also at the mercy of what these platforms deem as appropriate, inappropriate, or in line with whatever their ethical standards are. Yeah. I'm not saying anything's too crazy right now, but there are people out there who now they're like, well, the website or my website is the place where I can be completely autonomous, mm. you know, and there are certain figures out there where they're driving their traffic straight to their website and they own their website. So I do yeah. encourage business owners to think about that. You own that website. You own that asset. It's not going anywhere. Um, you just have, you know, if your host blows up, find a different host. There's thousands of them out there. See, um, but I think I just learned from that because that was kind of my core belief too, that if you're a business owner right now and, and you know, as well as I do, just like you were saying on TikTok. There's people that have businesses that are solely focused around one format or, or they're bigger on one format than another and they're doing very well. But if that format changes, like you're, you could literally cut off your lifeblood. Like if that's your stream of incoming, you know, sales and revenue and something gets jolted on that. I mean, granted, I know these guys are big enough, but let's just say one of them gets shut down or has technical difficulties for a week. I, again, I know that's not going to happen this day and age, but if one of them just flips an algorithm, which yep. I, if you ask me, that's a reality like that, yeah. that just is a reality. I, I know LinkedIn right now is working on stuff where they're going to be implementing their own algorithm, but 
that's really dangerous if your website, like you said, that you own is not your central traffic place. I would rather have my clients going to my website and then dispersing out. I understand that's not really the way it works nowadays, but I would rather have the core of my traffic going to my website and then dispersing out yeah. if I could. Yeah. But then again, I'm the old man on the block. <laughs> no, I think that's the same recommendation we give people. Websites seem to be the constant throughout all the things that are changing around us. And they are a lot more reliable. Obviously, you know, it's, it's hard to have a, a website that goes, people just get so attracted to the idea of, man, I could, you could go big in YouTube, you know, you could go big in TikTok, you mm-hmm. go big. And I can't believe I even said that you can go big in, you know, any of these social platforms, but the one constant that seems to be there is the website. So yeah, I do recommend to all business owners, look, at least start by going and, and booking up your domain name. It's going to cost you 12 bucks a year, a buck a month. And, um, you know, think about having that home base where you own that real estate and you are completely autonomous in what you want to do there. So tell me this too, and talk about these shifts. It used to be, I don't know if it was five, 10 years ago, but well, it probably was started 10 years ago when the iPhone came out. And then it was all about, you got to have an app. You got to have an app. You got to have an app like that. That was it. Like you got to have an app. So tell me real quick, and I I think I understand this, but I don't know if I fully understand it. How big of a difference is there between, and you already mentioned this, but how big of a difference is there between a quote unquote website and a a mobile friendly website and a true app? And then maybe what's the trend right now as far as, as that goes? Yeah, apps are, it, it's a different language, but it's come, a, it's come a long way in terms of, you know, like, for example, for those businesses out there that have used a drag and drop CMS like Wix mm-hmm. to make their website, Wix has a mobile app where you can manage your emails and your orders off from your phone. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a fantastic idea. Um, I, I think a website is a place where, Again, it's where you manage your apps. When I say apps, it doesn't necessarily mean mobile apps, but your social media feed, your content, mm-hmm. your blog, your email subscriptions, your e-commerce. Your website can be the connection between all of those things, including your mobile application. So do I think mobile apps are way easier to use? Absolutely. Do I think that it's getting to a place where there's so many mobile apps out there now, it's almost just become its own Google? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. now now your phone i mean some people have so many apps someone's like that you've got your own little search engine on your own phone yeah yeah people have folders full of their own apps so it's just like yeah where's it going to go from there um so yeah get a website make it mobile responsive then start to work towards an app that would be kind of the evolution i would i would look at so and i'm getting ideas just for myself just thinking about this is there any way to embed your social media into your website so that people can interact or they don't. Well, I I'm guessing they don't allow that because they don't want that. Sorry. You cut out the beginning. Who, who? Oh, sorry. So is there any way to, they don't allow any embedding of your social platforms in your website, right? Uh, you can actually multiple, there's multiple ways of doing that. So, you know, for example, if you post to Instagram, it'll automatically go straight to your website. But is there ways for people to interact with you? Like if they were to post on your website, uh, would it go into, say, your feed? Can, you, can they do it the other way? I'm just thinking, why wouldn't people 
drive that traffic and have their website, the one-stop shop, if they could embed. And from what I understand is the Facebooks and the other formats, they don't want that because they want you camping out on their, they want you in Facebook. They don't want you outside using Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, there's a lot more limitation that way, like going back the other way from your website, you know, I can't go like your Instagram. I mean, unless you created, um, like your own your own Instagram window within the website, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily encouraged by Google. Um, yeah, I mean it's an interesting that's an interesting dilemma. So, all right. Well, I apologize for taking us off on that, <laughs> that was but pulling us back. Um, tell me what are what are the options if somebody wants a website or they want to refine their website right now, what are the options? Like what are the main, I know there's probably 50 million different options, but what are the main core options in terms of CMS? Yeah. Like, well, and I don't even know what CMS is. That's how disconnected I am. But, but I mean, you know, I hear Shopify, I hear WordPress, I hear like, what are those type of standard options? And then maybe, I'm guessing custom. What does that look like? If someone, you know, you hear these people dropping 150 grand on a website, yeah. what is, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, wh- yeah. So I see it as a spectrum and this is, it's one of my favorite talking points is, um, you know, okay, I, I'm a small business owner. I want to build a website, man. I, I put in Google, you know, build my own website and you're going to get so many options that pop up. Yeah. Some of the more popular ones that most people have heard are Wix, Squarespace, Shopify. Um, so if I pull up, if anyone, if everyone can imagine kind of a, a bar, you know, from A to B, and on the far left-hand side are CMSs, so content management systems, that are very easy to use. In other words, it's very much pick your template, pick your colors, pick your text, drag and drop, you're ready to go. Um, an example of one of those would be Squarespace is probably on the far left-hand side. So again, very easy to use, very limited customization yeah, and a very low ceiling in terms of SEO, in terms of if you grow as a business, your bandwidth, okay, what can I do from here? I needed to do this function, but that's literally impossible. But now I'm at such a point where transferring my website's kind of a nightmare. Um, However, a lot of web designers and developers love to bash on these drag and drop platforms like Wix Mm -hmm. and Squarespace. I don't because I've made a Wix website when I was in high school. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought it was like a major disruptor. I'm like, whoa, now everyone can make a website. Yeah. And yeah. So again, I think that the big time, you know, web designers who were charging an arm and a leg to build WordPress sites, I think they get a little bit scared. And well, it honestly tells people too. you, you have no reason to not have a website. Like, there's no excuse, like do something. And then my model's always been, you can always upgrade. I mean, that's what I did. I had my cookie cutter website and it was great. And then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, it won't do this and this and this. Yeah. And then I moved on, but it's like, do something like I don't not do anything because you don't know what to do. There's a very easy option to at least jump in the middle of the road, you know, like, just do something at least. Yeah, exactly right. And 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 then on the other side of the spectrum is obviously the custom coded from from scratch 
you know, you're talking a website that takes a team of, you know, 20 developers, they're building it for a, a large corporation, it's coded from scratch. That is only applicable to a select few businesses that you could mm-hmm. probably count on a couple of hands, right? Um, and at that point, the options become limitless, right? Like, yeah. I think nowadays, there's nothing they can't do. Yeah. And then in the in the middle of the road, so the, we work mostly, or we try to at least, in WordPress. And WordPress is interesting because it um, their kind of mantra or motto, I suppose, is that they run the internet. What do they mean by that? Um, a lo- the largest minority portion, I don't know if that's the right word, but is of the world's websites are run on WordPress. It's between mm-hmm. like 30 to 40% of the websites in the world are, are powered on WordPress. And, and WordPress kind of got its start all through the blogging, right? Exactly. What's... It started as just a blogging platform. It's kind of where it got its name, WordPress. Um, yeah. But what's different is it's WordPress.org. So it's not a it's not a privately owned company. There is WordPress.com. It's not to be confused with them. They are wow. a private company. WordPress.org is a community. And oh, is the, wow. It's open source, and what that really means, um, you know, to be brief, is that anyone and everyone can contribute to the WordPress community. And you know, for those who maybe logged into Wix, there's like certain power-ups you can add to your Wix site. Mm-hmm. Word, uh, they've got you know a couple hundred, whereas WordPress has hundreds of thousands, and there are companies that have made they're built around making plugins or extensions for WordPress sites. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So I kind of look at it as WordPress is an Excel spreadsheet and it is totally up to you and the world, what's going to go on there. And um, for that reason, we like WordPress because you can customize just about anything that you want, but it's still straightforward enough that a small business owner can log in and manage their website and be autonomous. And I will say that's, that's huge. I mean, if you, if you turn over and I know Gary V talks about this a lot too, is you, you've got to know enough to be dangerous in, in each portion. You can't just be clueless. Yeah. But if you turn over your full rights to your website of just not being able to even edit basic stuff. Yeah. I, that's to me, that's a big no, no. I'm not saying I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to go in and program a website, but if I can't go in, and change some content, just basic wording, and maybe flip out a picture or change my logo or do something. Yeah, I, that's a little bit too hands off, if you ask me. But yeah, and that that's where Wix and Squarespace came in, uh, and we bump into that problem all the time. Unfortunately, there are agencies that set up websites for people, and then they won't even give them admin access, and it's just bad. You know, a bunch of hostage websites out there. So, well, and the thing I will say, the thing that I've loved is. And I'm sure this is why WordPress is so popular, but it, it's because it's so scalable yep. from the smallest business um, financially, as far as ability, I have full confidence that, that I can get done what I need to get done and facilitate it within WordPress. Like you said, cause it's got that it's open. And yep. so there is still innovation going on and people that are probably figuring out stuff that I'm not even aware of yet that I'll probably run into down the road. Um, but it allows me to scale my business as well and problem solve um, as I go forward. And, and that's been huge because, you know, as a small to mid-sized business, you need that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's up to the business owner to kind of assess and, and pick a, along that spectrum. And to be honest with you, sometimes we get requests and after meeting with them, I, I encourage them to start with something easier. You know, I say, I think you should, I think you should create a Shopify, you know, if it's a, a brand new, uh, you know, cookie baker and, and she has an idea, mm-hmm. uh, look, it, it's maybe not time for you to jump into WordPress and WooCommerce give it a try on Shopify because it's only going to cost you 15 bucks a month uh, to do everything. You can do it on your own. And then when you feel like it's taking off, then let's have a conversation. Well, and you know, it's nice. And I, I learned this earlier on in my career, but you, you've got to do something manual before you automate it. And I kind of see that the way with like what you're talking about with websites. Yeah. It'll serve you if you get in and even if you do your drag and drop and do your template, cut and dry because it'll help you start figuring out what you want to do and then it'll help you scale and say okay i've maxed out this option at 15 dollars a month now i've got to take a step up but hopefully it can at least get you far enough to where you could go generate another you know 100 to 300 dollars a month to help you take that next step up i know it's probably not going to necessarily cost that yeah but but that would be a good you know, scaling point, I think you could get a cookie cutter website that would get you off the ground. So you could go generate a hundred to $300 a month yeah. and then, and then take that step up. And then at that point you go, you know what, this is what I do like about what I'm doing right now. And maybe this is what I don't like. And then come to someone like you and say, okay, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Mm. Can you, can you help me out and kind of take that next step? Yeah. I like that. Um, what about, and this is where I'm a little bit green and I'm, I, I've got a, become more dangerous in it but uh e-commerce um where what is a starting what is a starting point there maybe what's available out there i know there's the basic you know slap something something up there and buy it um how far why woocommerce as a i'm guessing right now at least for not what i've heard it's shopify and woocommerce right if you're in that if you're not in the custom and you're not in the, the template, you know, drag and drop, is that really the two in that space? Is it WooCommerce and Shopify? Um, I would say those are the front runners. Shopify is doing really, really well um, just from the way that they branded themselves. You know, they're, they're very easy to use. And they, when they started off as a company, they told themselves, you know what, we're going to go after the e-commerce people. Whereas Wix and Squarespace were trying to go after anyone who wanted a website period. Yeah. You know, Shopify put it in their name, you know, let's shop. Online. Yeah. And I think that was very smart. And I think it's a great platform to use for people who are just getting into e-commerce. I've seen some very large businesses um, still on Shopify. Oh, I know some, yeah, I know some yeah. very large businesses on Shopify. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and sometimes just depending on what they sell and how they sell and how their membership programs and stuff work, then that, that stick, stick with it, you know, don't change it if it's not broken. Uh, WooCommerce again is just kind of the, it, it's, it goes hand in hand with WordPress. It's WordPress's leading e-commerce extension and, what we like about WooCommerce is, again, it's a it's a one-time purchase to buy the WooCommerce package. Mm-hmm. So um, that's attractive to me. You're not paying any kind yeah. of monthly or any kind of percent of sale. You buy the software. You connect it to your WordPress site, which also is free, you know, uh, your WordPress site. 
and and then you're you're off to the races. So that is a benefit from a financial standpoint. But the biggest thing for me is WooCommerce is still it's an open source e-commerce plugin. So there are entire agencies out there that have built extensions for WooCommerce, like for booking, for subscriptions, for um, you name it. I mean, like spa, like they get super niche. And yeah. um, so that that's the question that that businesses like Shopify and Wix are asking themselves on a weekly and daily basis is, OK, guys, we want to add a new feature to our website. But there's always this second guess where they're like, hey, you do realize that every new feature we add, it becomes more complicated and we're inevitably just moving more towards WordPress and we're forgetting the whole reason why people came to us in the first place. Right. That's a good point. So Shopify doesn't really have that deep customization option. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, for for a business like mine, that definitely wouldn't work because we're geared around customization. But then on top of that which I love because I, and I'll give you a plug here for a second uh, with our point system. Cause I looked and looked and looked and looked. And then I went out and I talked to some programmers and being even, even if I was a mid-sized business, it still wouldn't be in my budget to have somebody come in and custom program it, but it's generating so much revenue for us. I, I can't ignore it. So we do our truffle bank, which is a reward system with the chocolates for, you know, and some people listening may actually, participate in it but um that had to be an option it was funny as we got together i was really worried about it because i'm like i don't know if i'm ever going to be able to get this to the point that i want it mm. and funny enough there was a plug-in and it again it's going to allow us to scale from small easily into mid mm. um which is just huge and and again like you were saying it's even got the it's just got I won't go too far off on a tangent, but it, it plugs into social. It, it's got so many different options. Somebody's actually put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And it's just a great, it's a great option. And it's really plug and play. Yeah. And so it solved the problem really fast. Agreed. And, you know, depending on the niche, like we'll bump into a lot of real estate agents where they want to integrate the MLS, the Utah MLS board into their website. That's not yeah. what you're going to be able to do on a Wix, at least not yet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it's interesting they they kind of have to stay they have to really stay true to their current clientele right and where if they if they add too many features it becomes too complex and then they really just are wordpress Mm 2.0 um but if they're not adding features then they're going to stay stagnant so i don't it's interesting yeah it's interesting space how uh, so moving on is there other ways that you're seeing, I know we talked about uh, Printful the other day, but is there other ways that you're seeing that are so easy and so plug and play that it's opening up options for people to generate revenue other ways on their website? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the world of drop shipping, for those of you who are unfamiliar, go check it out. <laughs> E-commerce yeah. has changed, you know, drastically. Yeah. And um, it's often something that I'll bring up in every meeting when I meet with with people who are designing a new website, I'm like, Hey, do you want to sell some merch? And they instantly yeah. are like, that would be so cool, but I cannot deal with that right now with the inventory. I'm like, well, <laughs> I could set something up tonight and you could be selling merch and you don't have to, you don't have to sell or, or, or ship or, or package anything. And it's a game changer. Um, but I also think um, in, in terms of, yeah, so Printful has been great. Um, we had a client yesterday um, he's integrated Alibaba 
there's an Alibaba dropship plugin uh, for his WordPress site. So in other words, he's able to sell anything from Alibaba that he wants and Alibaba will ship it and track it. And he just has to market it on his Instagram. So come up with something super niche, you know, like, I don't know, wooden duck keychains and and put it somewhere where that fan base is going to be and sell them from Alibaba. And people are making great revenue where they're not really doing much they're just being smart about it and yeah um, that's awesome yeah so alibaba well man, it give it gives me some goals to cause i i've got to get my bit i've got to get private label in that position yeah to be able to drop ship i mean because that's man amazon set a standard for anybody that's doing e-commerce yeah yeah <laughs> that path of least resistance uh, is the ultimate attainable goal, but how do you keep up with that? But it, it's just the way that people, including myself, I'm like, I'm not going to shop anywhere else. I'm not going to enter in my address and my credit card number. Are you kidding me? I'm not <laughs> going to pay for shipping. I'm not yeah. going to wait. Yeah. I think business owners have to be smart and, and think, okay, what, what is Amazon can't do that I can? Yep. Um, they're not actively putting engaging content right in front of the social media feeds of the people that I know want my stuff. Right. True. I mean, you go into Amazon, it's great, but it's almost overwhelming how much stuff there is. Um, and they're just kind of like, look, have at it, you know? Um, whereas you can find those niche products, create an Instagram account where you know that fan base is, mm-hmm. and then just have Amazon drop ship it from there. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And, and I love that because you're, you are leveraging the human element along that chain of, well, I know how to make this look cool to people who want it. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's just crazy. I mean, that's why I'd recommend that my kids are super young, but if I had teenagers right now, I'd be like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go find <laughs> something that you love and go yeah. start a business. Like yeah. you don't have to work at McDonald's, go exactly. start a business and go, you know, make it happen online and start figuring it out because you've got, you know. Yeah, I have, I have a, a friend of mine who just um, he just drop ships mattresses from Amazon and he's uh, <laughs> it's his it's his full time career. So that's awesome. There you go. So last but not least, I, I've found in my career and and from other people, um, I've learned more from what not to do than what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other pitfalls that you would you would tell people you need to look out for this. Like I'll give you an example on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not set up to, to spam uh, people. Like you can get blacklisted. You got, you've got to know what you're doing Um, in the world of website or even in just digital in general. Is there anything that, that you tell clients on a regular basis, base of look, you got to make sure you don't do this, this, or this. Yeah, good question. The very first thing and probably the top thing is um, if you're working with a group, an agency, a freelancer, uh, just make sure that you buy the domain name yourself. Mm. That, that's my biggest piece of advice. Um, there's just- so what does that mean? You're saying if, if I went and hired a marketing firm, I don't want them to buy it. But if I go on GoDaddy, which I'm guessing GoDaddy still, are they the authority in, in the dot-com space? Uh, I would say for buying domains, yes. So define that a little bit more. Is that what you're talking about? Correct. So the domain is the identity of your website on the web, uh, on the internet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it has nothing to do with the website itself. It has nothing to do with it being live. It's just the www.blank.com. Um, it's your social media handle, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Bob's Burgers wants to start a website. They, the first thing that they're going to do, let's say they reach out to an agency. As soon as the agency says, well, we'll buy your domain for you. For me, that's a big no-no. It doesn't necessarily mean that that agency is going to hold that domain hostage, but Mm -hmm. I have seen that happen. And Mm. your domain, in my opinion, is your most valuable digital asset. Gotcha. Um, Because if your website explodes, if an intern goes in there and messes up all the pages, okay, you have to refix it. But if you lose your domain, it's gone forever. There's only one of those. Right. right. There's only one, unless you want to go buy bobsburgers.biz or bobsburgers.io or something weird. Um, so buying the domain, it's not expensive and easy to do. Most of the time, business owners will be like, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah, just buy it for me. And then relationships get weird or you run out of money or yeah. you they go out. of. We've seen agencies go out of business and they put that domain up for sale and some yep. guy buys it. Or they use it. Yeah. So what in your model, what do you do? Do you, do you, and I've noticed it with me, I think I could answer this, but so do you go in and just empower them and say, okay, I can walk you through this, but you need to go buy your, your domain and you need to hold that close to your chest. Yeah. So we found it easiest when, if they have a website, if they have one or they are want to build a new one or one for the first time, um, we ask them, if where they bought their domain, a lot of times they'll say, what's a domain? Yeah. And we'll say, well, do you remember creating a GoDaddy account? Um, and they'll be like, I don't know, some old group. All right, put us in touch with them ASAP. Yeah. And we've kind of had to play the mediator. And eventually we, we do a good job of convincing them to transfer it over. Um, but what's easiest is we usually hop on a video call and we say, here's GoDaddy. I'm going to walk you through, create an account, your username and password. Okay, buy your domain. This is your domain now, you know. Yeah. And um, they're good to go. So as long as they own that asset, that's important. Cool. Good advice. All right. I think we've gone on long enough. I apologize. I get off on my tangents. And <laughs> I, this, these topics, you could go on forever. I mean, there's so much stuff along the way that I was like, what about this? What about this? And I'm sure. like, two hours, three hours. This <laughs> podcast is never going to end. So I will, real quick, um, if you'll just... Uh, give out your information. I'll obviously put it in the body of the podcast, sure. but if you'll give out your information, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, Josh Weber with Big Red Jelly. Um, check out our website, bigredjelly.com. People can call me, text me, email me. My phone number is 801-376-3343. So don't be shy. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. I know it, it'll add some value to somebody. And we'll have you on again, and maybe we'll dive into one of these subjects a little bit deeper. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok. <laughs> if I can figure that out. MySpace. Don't right. end up in jail because I'm messaging <laughs> eight-year-olds. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. We'll Thanks be talking. Right, we'll bye see bye. you.